it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Presents the pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwu Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 5.20 of the pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. It's been such a joy for our coaches and players to journey with you through the entire year, the ups and downs, the highs and lows of what we experience as a program as we try to grow to be unconscious. In today's episode, you'll hear from Coach Tongle in the first and second half as he reflects on the season, the vision of becoming unconscious, and the pursuit of the I Am Third Life. We're joined again by Coach Greg Tonigle. and Coach, in this final episode, we just want to recap and, and go back and, and look how we grew over the course of the season. And so often what we've seen in past season is God gives a word, and then as we live into that, it changes who we become. So let's just start with that word unconscious. Go back to that moment when that word came alive. What did it mean in that moment? So as I, as I step back, and it, it, there is this pattern. Season ends. You kind of come off this high. You're down. But then you begin to kind of gather the hope of another season, another journey. And for us, we were praying. We were asking for a word, uh, trying not to rush that. Because I think sometimes it's, hey, let's come up with this this catchy phrase for the year. And but rather to say, God, what do you have for this team? And, and God spoke pretty clearly about uh, he was calling us to be unconscious. And we landed in this book by Tim Keller, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. And when I read those words that, that Keller um, preaches on out of 1 Corinthians 4, 3, where Paul says he got to this point in his life where he didn't care what other people thought, but he didn't even care what he thought. He was free from himself. I just saw a picture of a basketball team that had become free from itself, uh, a team that was playing in freedom on the court, a team that off the court uh, was playing and living in freedom. And it just was this beautiful picture. But then the hard part was, how do we get there? Um, but, but the fun part, right? I mean, sometimes it's, it's hard work, but we find joy in that work. And so we just set out on this journey, and uh, we gathered our guys. We started praying together. We started reading the Word together. Because as we've talked about it before, um, these words become unpacked throughout an entire year. We don't, there's not a five-step system that, that gets you uh, to wherever you want to go. It's a journey. And God uses the good and the bad. He uses the wins. He uses the losses. And so we set out on this journey. And throughout the entire year, we begin to learn what does it mean to be free from self? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does it mean to surrender everything, our own uh, agendas, so that God could do something bigger inside of us? And I think as listeners have followed along this season, they see so many ways where this is intersected, whether it be the way we pray, uh, the way we interact with the role we've been assigned uh, over and over, the way we play offense. This word was coming to life as we pursued it. And in this half, we want to talk about what that looks like in success because we pursue a word from the Lord and sometimes it works perfectly and sometimes we live into it, but then sometimes there's frustration and disappointment. So let's start with prayer. Uh, in episode two, we talked about uh, being free from self as we pray often means we don't go to God telling him what we want, but we go asking what he wants and then living into that. So how did that come alive for you this year as, as you prayed for the team? 
Well, it's easier uh, for me to, to tell people what to do or what not to do. I, I get caught in this pattern of my job as a leader is just to change behavior. And when it comes to players, uh, too often I see coaching as telling a kid, here's what you're doing well or here's what you're not doing well. But the reality of that is we, we tend to box them in. We limit their potential because we want them to fit into our own expectations. But as we've talked about, what if instead we put our players on a line and we, through prayer, begin to ask God for a vision for that player that is beyond maybe what they can see and beyond their, their current reality. And We saw that with Tanner Rubio. Tanner came in as a transfer. Tanner had crazy potential. But what was getting in front of that potential, at least from my eyes, was you know his, his habits of turning it over. And those habits would frustrate me often. And so it was easy for me to go to Tanner and just point out, here's where you're, you're not meeting my expectation. I was boxing Tanner in. But through prayer, and one specific prayer time, we begin to ask God, who can Tanner become if he leans into to who you have called him to be? And we can get behind that, right? Rather than just get out in front and box him in, if we can get behind Tanner and push him towards that. So the season for Tanner became about us getting behind and pushing Tanner into the way God had created him. Now, you can attest to this. He's a pretty creative individual. He's been given a lot of gifts and abilities. And by the end of the year, those things were maximized. Tanner was playing at a crazy high level, and as a result, so was our team. As listener, le- as leaders listen into this and, and they think about that, where do I even start to seek vision for a player in prayer and surrender my own desires, but really seek God's? Where would you point them first? Maybe in the Word, maybe who they're gathering alongside them to pray. Where should they go first as they're trying to seek this from God for the people they lead? Well, I think it, for me at least, and and I don't have the formula by any means, but when I can quiet myself and listen to God and really allow His Spirit to talk to my spirit, I begin to to hear things that that I feel He's He's laid heavy upon my heart and my life, and. So as a staff, you know, we've been doing that together as a community because sometimes maybe I can't trust my own discernment. But when two or three of us have given this the same word, it's confirmation. And that's what happened that day with Tanner. We all went to the locker room. We all prayed over our lockers. And when we came back and said, hey, what'd you hear? Tanner's word of, of, of finding freedom came alive to all four of us. And it was pretty direct confirmation that that was what we've been given and that's what we're going to help him pursue. And through the season, we we heard the downs of that, but we heard the ups of it as well. And in his life and in our team, unconscious came alive. At the end of the year, we were playing at this other level. And there was really some triumph where we saw God's Spirit bring something new into our team. So talk about that. Maybe after you get through some of the ups and downs and, and you see this word come to life and the thing you lead, it, it's actually playing out on the court. What's that like as a leader? Well, th- those are those paychecks we talk about um, when, when all the hard work. Because... The Bible is very clear that, that you reap what you sow. and But the problem is we often don't reap right away or in our own timing. So as we were sowing, we wanted Tanner to be ready for that first game of the season. Well, we, we all remember, and I would encourage listeners to go back and listen to that first game for him. He come off a broken hand, we're on the road, and we just get smacked. And Tanner probably played his worst game ever. But we kept sowing. We kept really working the ground. And over time, it eventually produced uh, a fruit and a harvest. And that reward is something that, to me, kind of identifies our season. You know, when I go back and I'll say, hey, how did 2019-20 go? That'll be one of the stories that really resonates in my mind. 
I would think at this moment as a leader, when a, when you see someone go to new levels on the court, it would be easy to turn that just into a worldly thing where I, as a coach, motivated this player so well that he started playing better and start to take credit. How, how do you avoid that temptation to just grab credit for yourself in that moment? So that's that other part of that um, verse where Paul says, I care very little if I'm judged by you or any human. And indeed, I don't even judge myself. And I've got to be free of those thoughts, thinking that you know, the success around me is a result of my hard work. Certainly my hard work plays into it, and God has called us to participate. But without his grace, without uh, the work of God, nothing we do is going to be uh, good enough or we can attribute it to that. So it's it's surrendering both the success and the work as God calls me to a specific task. And in the second half, we're going to hear more about what's it look like to lead into this word unconscious in the midst of disappointment uh, in the low parts to actually surrender in prayer when things aren't going the way you want. But give a final word on uh, just the hope that you find in unconscious and, and actually coaching and playing free of self. Well, I, we've, we've, we've mentioned this before with I Am Third, but it's what we learned was it's not just the right way to live. It's, it's the good way to live. And what I mean by that was, Yes, it's a commandment that, that we are to be free of self. We are to surrender and let God lead us. But it's not like I do that and then I live this really frustrating life. It's I do that and I get the rewards of a peaceful life. I get the rewards of, of I think, even better relationships. Like when I begin to coach that way, I enjoy my players better and they enjoy me. When I begin to lead my family that way, my marriage, I think, benefits from that type of leadership. So God not only prescribes that to us because he's commanding us, but because he knows that's the best way for us to live. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back for the second half with Coach Tonegal. And Coach, we finished the first half talking about how Christ's model isn't only uh, what we're commanded to. It's also the best way to live. But sometimes we hear that and we think, if, if we're following God, everything's going to go well for us. But that's not necessarily the case. So uh, talk about that. What's it look like as a leader? You're trying to follow God. You're really trying to pursue the I Am Third life, but things aren't going the way you want. Yeah, so we face that you know, as a team. As, as we get to the end of the season, it, the expectation was, hey, this is going to end well for us. And then COVID hit and uh, it didn't end well for anybody. And it was, to be honest, one of those moments where naturally I want to maybe tell God he did it wrong. Um, but as I read scripture, um, it's story after story, not of things always going right for people, but people learning to trust God to surrender to him and maybe some of the most difficult times. And 
I think that's somewhat, unfortunately, what life is uh, because we live in a fallen world. And so it's not whether or not the storms are coming. It's where am I going to turn my eyes uh, in the midst of those storms? And so when we face the disappointment of, of season ending prematurely and us not reaching that final destination, we were really tested in that moment. Am I going to be unconscious and not uh, point the finger, not uh, alienate myself from God, but yet lean into him even more and say, God, this doesn't make sense, but yet you do make sense. The person of Jesus Christ makes sense and his work is enough. And that's that's what we were left with. And that's where we've been since then is continuing to grow and continuing to trust him. So what does unconscious look like in disappointment? Because uh, you're competitive, you want to win, you've been driving a team the entire season for a goal, and then it's taken away completely outside of your hand. So how in that moment as a leader do you get free of self? Well, it was a, it was a great reminder for me that um, I don't control the outcomes like, like maybe I think I do. And uh, the more you try, the more you grip, um, the more control actually controls you. So we just had to let go. And as a leader, I remember standing in front of the team and just saying, guys, I'm as disappointed as all of you. And I don't know why this happened, and I, I can't really see forward right now, but let's look back and let's talk about what God had done. And we reflected upon the various parts of our season. We celebrated our seniors. We told some amazing stories. And it really was a reminder uh, that God is still in control. He's still faithful. He's still forming us into the image of his son, uh, regardless of the circumstances around us. And it was very rewarding, if you remember that. You talk a little bit there about surrender, and that was a, a word that kind of came up at different times throughout the year, particularly while we were really going deeper there and learning about that. Um, we had an opportunity to sit down with an NBA head coach, and surrender resonated with him in the same way it does with some of the high school coaches or junior high coaches we talk about. And it seems like a, a, a struggle that maybe coaches who are driven face often as they pursue Christ. Yeah, that was a fascinating conversation, and, and I think it – it went something like the guy had asked, you know, us what we were learning. And I said, look, I'm, I'm learning to surrender because oftentimes leading up into games, I'm trying to control all these outcomes. I'm trying to control uh, whether or not my team shoots it really well, defends really well, doesn't turn it over. And after a while, what that is, is exhausting. Um, I'm sitting in the locker room before games and I'm playing all these scenarios out and there's no freedom in that. And I was telling him this and it's just like, he resonated deeply with it and said, man, I'm the same way, except he has, what, 92 games? <laughs> I was thinking, man, that would be exhausting. But over the course of the year, we developed a relationship where we were just able to pray for each other, encourage each other in this regard. And, and this same concept resonated with some high school coaches we were connecting with, too. And it just seemed to be that perhaps this is maybe one of the ways the enemy really tries to deceive. And he, and he does it in subtle ways. So he comes in and says, Man, you need to control. You need to hold on. You need to determine this outcome. When in reality, we're called to give our best, and then we're called to step away and surrender. So what does that do for you as uh, you hear, this is one of the 30 guys in the world who coaches at the highest level, and he has the same wrestle with faith that you're having. What does that mean to you? Well, it, it, it gave me encouragement that it doesn't matter if you're a, a fifth grade coach or if you're an NBA coach. God is working on us all. God is there to, to walk us through these, these very difficult times and our struggles. And the fact that this man was so humble enough to say, look, this is what I'm struggling with. And then to see him grow throughout the year in that, it just it really juiced me up. And the same thing about these high school coaches, man. As we talk to these high school coaches, 
one of them said, I had the, the best year of coaching I've ever had. And I was like, really? You know, you, you didn't win a state title like you had in the years past. He said, it was just so much more fruitful. It was so much more peaceful. I, I would come home and I would treat my wife differently. And I mean, it was story after story because he had completely surrendered. And to hear him say I had the best year ever, I loved hearing that. It reminds me of something Coach Osborne said recently. We obviously gave him a lot more formative impact uh, on this season because of what he did with our team this year. Uh, and as he was reflecting and going through the year, and he said, you know, the, the crazy thing is so little of what we talked about in this podcast was in regards to resources. And we're resourced extremely well. Uh, it's a big part of what draws players in here because we're doing things that pl- – programs at all levels can't do. But when we get to another season and look back, that's not the story of the season, and that's not what we remember. Why do you think that is? Well, I think in coaching, it's, it's, it's like this in any area, but especially in coaching, everybody wants to play the comparison game. And I do this too. So if a team is performing better than me or maybe they got a recruit I didn't get, I want to quickly excuse it as, well, they have this and I don't. And I think some people look at our program and they think, you know, you guys must be because of the success – must be the resources. And, and the reality is the resources would be way down on the list, I think, of reasons why we've had success. And 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 it's hard, even as a coach, to, to not focus on all those things because I want my administration to resource us well. And we're constantly fighting for those resources. But if we truly are, I am third, putting God first and other people second, then that has to be the pursuit of this program. And uh, I think in the end, God will provide the things that he thinks are necessary for that. And that's often where the rubber meets the road because, on one hand, I am third does not equal nice. Uh, you just said we're fighting for growth. We're fighting for improvement because that's how we believe what we believe we're wired to do. But on the other hand, sometimes there's disappointment uh, as we experience this year. So we talked in the first half about praying in the midst of triumph, being unconscious and going to God for what he desires and that sounds great when we get what we want, but what does it look like for you to pray in the midst of disappointment or when you don't get what you want? Well, that, that's I think it comes down to how we view prayer. A lot of us view prayer as a one-way conversation of asking God for things. Well, if that is how you approach disappointments, you're probably going to end up more disappointed because sometimes God intentionally puts us in seasons that are more difficult, and sometimes God wants us to wrestle through things in prayer. And so prayer, I think what we're learning is more of a submission than it is a conversation where we're asking God for something. So sometimes it's more about listening, surrendering, and allowing God to be God and, and us to be us. So if I'm a leader listening, I'm saying, well, it's easy for you to say you've got three national titles. Yeah, you can say Jesus' way is the good way. It's the best way to lead. But that's because you win. So talk to that coach who maybe isn't finding the uh, worldly success he desires. Maybe he's trying to pursue God, but there's frustration and there is disappointment. What what would you encourage him or her to do to be unconscious in the midst of that moment? Well, I, I would tell you this, just from personal experience, every time we've reached the pinnacle and we've we've made it to where people say it's the ultimate, you know, the national championships, they've never delivered on what they thought they would. Now, they've been great, and trust me, I'd like to win a few more, but I've never gotten there and said, this is it. This is, I'm complete. I've got everything I've want. It's always been reflecting upon what, what God had done. So I would just encourage the, the coach out there, whether you've got horrible team, whether your expectations are to go undefeated, that you would begin to lock eyes with God during a season and you'd begin to surrender that season and you'd find out how peaceful it is when you allow him to lead and, and you step in unconsciously and allow him uh, to do things that, that honestly you couldn't do with your own team. 
and that'll change the way you begin to evaluate. The, it'll change your expectations, and I think in the end, you'll find so much more uh, satisfaction in coaching. And I think the story of the NBA coach illustrates that. Him saying, I have this same wrestle. You talk about being at the top. That guy's likely making millions, uh, coaching the highest level athlete, traveling uh, and doing things that many people only dream of, but there's that same wrestle with surrender. Why do you think it is that, um, what is it about the world and the way it's designed that leads so many of us to think in that way when really God's scorecard operates in a different way? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, that's, isn't that the lie of the world? Like, hey, if you just get this, you'll be happy. Um, or it's like, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden when the serpent said, did, did God really say this? You know, he just, he's very subtle with how he goes about deceiving us. And for me, what I hear sometimes from the enemy and the lie is, hey, if you just win a little bit more, trust me, you're going to be happy. But when I fix my eyes on Jesus, when I'm in scripture, when I'm in prayer, it's the opposite of what I hear. He says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who are persecuted. I mean, he just flips everything upside down. But the only way I can actually believe that kingdom is if I'm living that kingdom and living it every single day. And that's where my focus is. And when I do that, I begin to see that Jesus flips it upside down, but maybe perhaps he's bringing it right side up. So let's finish here, coach. Clearly, as, as listeners followed along this season, there was a growth in unconscious. That word came alive. And we really were free of self in many ways. We saw a transformation in the lives of guys. Um, we saw coaches and players grow in new ways toward the iron third life. We saw the team offensively play unconscious in a way maybe never experienced before the last 10 games. As you look back on this season in five years and think about unconscious, what will be the lasting imprint it made on you as a leader and who you became? Man, that's a big question. I'd like to flip that on you, to be honest with you. It, it's it's going to move me forward as I try to surrender more and more uh, to what God has in my life, that I am free from the opinions of others, and I'm certainly free from the opinion of myself. And as I do that, what I think happens is God gets more and more of me until he can eventually have all of me. And to me, you know, the Christian life, shouldn't be defined by what I'm doing per se. You know, am I always making the right decision? Am I always participating in, you know, religious acts? But rather, am I becoming more like Jesus Christ every single day? And the path forward, I think, is what was laid out in this whole season of being unconscious. I daily surrender to His will. Thank you for journeying with us through this season of The Pursuit. Just like life, a basketball season is full of peaks and valleys. We trust you've enjoyed hearing about the ups and downs we experienced this past season and how the Lord has grown us. If there are other topics or insights you'd like to hear on the podcast, please share those with us. We look forward to continuing the conversation in future episodes. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, Please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWUHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, 
First, find a way to be served.